0: Welcome to another chapter of In The Keep Podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the Drowned God, the Motherload. This show is all about the world of arena first-person shooters, classic FPS games, their legacies, their lineage, and the people who keep that world turning. These are the players, the developers, the streamers, the influencers. It is the will of the Drowned God Catholic that our communities band together in her cathedral, to frag and give one another into oblivion for all eternity. You know, we typically start off the show by giving thanks uh, to the people who support us. And as it is the season of giving thanks... Uh, do you want to do a little extra and say big thank you to all of our supporters, particularly those who support on Patreon? So Dots, Moose, Paul, Zach, we love you, man. You guys are fucking awesome, and we really appreciate the consistent uh, support that we've gotten from you guys thus far and hope to keep it in the future. <laughs> It is rare that the Drowned God addresses anyone directly, uh, aside from myself, so consider yourselves lucky to have uh, been in her presence for a moment. It is uh, it is that time of year, though. It, it is time to give thanks, and also, you know what Thanksgiving means? It means right afterwards we're getting into Catholicism time, which means we're going to be doing Black Friday shopping, and we're going to be doing Cyber Monday shopping, and all that shit, and there's no better way for you to support the community than to use our Amazon affiliate link while you're doing all that crazy-ass shopping. If you're going to buy some shit through Amazon anyway, then you can just use our affiliate link and then it doesn't cost you anything extra. You get that sweet, sweet holiday deal and whatever kickback we get goes right back into this community into production for this podcast, to our streams, and taking care of everything that we need to get taken care of to uh, keep the show on the road. So, keep that in mind as you go forward into your And you can find all of those links that we mentioned before, as well as all of our other bullshit, at InTheKeep.com. Now, we've got one hell of an interview to talk about today. We've got motherfucking G-Nick, and I have been a big fan of G-Nick for over a year now, I want to say. As we've watched him rise into the State of Quake and 40 Lions Den tournament scene really kicking ass in the Quake Champions community. And uh, what I didn't know about him until I really got to talking to him was that he's uh, really young. He's been playing Quake for a long, long time. He's 21 years old, this guy. And he, you know, within the past year, has climbed the ranks, uh, played through the Challengers League, and then got himself shipped off to Luka to the Quake Pro League. And then he beat Brick, and then he established himself as a quake pro now and then he had a hell of a match up against the that i very much enjoyed so i very much hope that you enjoy this conversation with him because he's awesome now i did not go to luca i am not a specialist necessarily in quake champions so i brought on Havrix who is to help us with the interview as well Now if you don't know who he is already, he is a journalist for specifically Quake Champions and has been for a long time throughout all of the Quakes over at uh, Quake.cz and he was also at Luca taking all the sick photos that you guys saw uh, from Church of Quake. So it only made sense to uh, have him present for this and I'm really glad he was there. Before we get into it... I will say that the music that you're about to hear is by Amorfer. He's a dark ambient composer who creates uh, music specifically for mods in Quake. And also he makes Doom middies that I think you would really enjoy. Go check out all of his work over at Bandcamp. The link is in the episode notes. And you can also listen to him. Uh, I think he was on Quakecast a few episodes ago. So go check that out. He's really awesome. Great guy. And hopefully we'll get him in the keep uh, pretty soon too. Now, without any further ado... Let's get in the keep with g Nick.
1: So I started playing quick when I was five years old. Um, I don't know if like the full story of how it started. My mom says that she did, that my dad didn't allow me to play Quake Three, but my mom did. And, but growing up, I always played Quake Three with my dad and my brothers, and it kind of just kept going. Like I played other games like during when I was like 9, 10, or eleven, but I always fell back to Quake.
0: So that was Quake Three. Um, and you had a bunch of siblings, is that true?
1: Yeah, I have three. I have two two brothers, and then I have one sister. They played as well. Um, my one brother closest to my age did, and then I had a step brother that also played with us.
0: Okay, and I guess there had to be some civil, like sibling rivalry at that point. You're the youngest. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I'm the youngest. Okay. Yeah, it was even playing Quake Three. Like my brothers were always better than me, so. I was, I always strive to be better than them, and then as years went on, they all kind of quit, and then I just kind of kept playing and practicing.
0: Fuck, five years old, dude. I've been wasting my life up to this point. You're 21, I'm 24, yeah. and I'm like less than one <laughs> tiny micro fucking piece of the Quake player you are, and I think Havericks. <laughs> we haven't introduced Havericks yet, but he's also here. Uh, we'll, we'll have him pick Hello, your guys. Brain. We'll have him pick your brain, too.
2: So, well, okay. I'm just wondering uh, that uh, basically, Genie can start his uh, like family clan yeah. and rule the world in TDM or yeah. uh, capture the flag. That's cool. I think it'd be pretty cool. You should totally do that.
0: The whole family.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> you still... on that one.
0: Do your your brothers <laughs> still play?
1: Not really. No, they all kind of moved on. My brother plays Maroon Skit nowadays on Quake, so.
0: <laughs> what, like, what do they have to say about where you're at now?
1: Um, I mean, a lot of my family actually watched me when I was playing in Italy, so a lot of them were actually proud and were also kind of shocked. Because when you're growing up and you tell your parents, hey, I'm a top player, I'm going to Italy, they're like, oh yeah, whatever, it doesn't mean anything. And then when I actually showed up, the actual flight took the itinerary, they're like, holy shit, you're actually going. Yeah. So it was like a weird, it was a weird experience for a lot of my family, but Yeah, so
0: your your mom and your pops both played? Is that
1: My dad did, my mom didn't. Okay. But she just she just approved of me playing the game. That's awesome. She knows of it.
0: So dad broke the barrier for you early. Pretty much. Yeah. That's good, man. And like consistently played ever since then? Do you take time off?
1: It, like I said, growing up it was like when I was growing up, like I always played like Combat Arms and War Rock. I'd match whatever my brother was playing at the time. So if it was RuneScape, I was playing RuneScape. If it was Call of Duty, it's Call of Duty. Um, it was just Quake 3 was always kind of the fallback. So when I was like six six years old, so I'd say maybe even 11, like I played Freeze Tag on and off for so many years. And it was just, it, was, it wasn't consistent. It wasn't until like maybe 2013 that I played more consistently.
0: My dad kept you guys kind of up to date tech wise, like playable pretty much at all points. No.
1: Yeah, my dad kind of had the, like, top machines. We yeah. had, like, shit machines, so <laughs> we mainly used his computers to play.
0: What did he do for a living?
1: Uh, he does drywalling for a living.
0: Sick, that's awesome. Like, I love it when it's not computer tech. Like, drywalling yeah, no, is a pain in the ass business to be in, dude. I I used to do construction work a little bit when I was a teenager. but
1: Yeah, he's like a huge workaholic. He doesn't play games as much anymore, but... Yeah. He still he would like to but he just doesn't have time now. Well,
0: that's good, man. Like he had a hobby and he passed it on to you and you became a fucking pro. So, yeah. legacy <laughs> legacy achieved. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh I wanted to kind of talk a little bit. I'm going to pull a page out of Sh- uh, Shazik's book. I believe you and I have talked about this before just us, but Genic is just King backwards. Correct. Uh, you used to go by the name King uh back in the day
1: yeah there's i mean there's like so many aliases mm-hmm. like i think my first alias was rocking cam and then there's like maybe 20 others in between that timeline but i was more known for kane and Genek than anything else
0: was fat cracker one of them oh yeah it was <laughs> okay yeah. we'll, we'll get to that in a
1: minute but
0: uh you kind of came online to me during uh the kind of the height of the state of quake uh Season, you know, last year when they really started to take over, it, it was kind of in a lull when the like, Quake uh, champions itself wasn't putting on a lot of stuff. We had just had a bunch of weird updates, and they yeah. kind of went offline. State of Quake picked up the slack big time, which they fucking deserve credit for. I'd never take that away from them. You won consecutively. I think you're like three time King of the Hill winner, uh, which is only second to Club, who's won. Four times, I want to say, Maybe four or five times. Uh, yeah, I don't even remember,
1: but yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot. I, ju- I just checked it before this and I already forgot. And then you won, I, I think you did a 2v2 with Effortless uh, that I put on and on a week that they were off, which was awesome. And then we did, you won a State of Quake dual tournament as well, the State of Pain dual tournament. Yep. And that's kind of like how I saw you come into the quake champion scene and obviously like right off the bat dude you kicked ass you beat the shit out of everybody how did uh, had you measured yourself up against tournament crowds like this before
1: not really okay it's like even luca like was very stressful like just going on the stage sitting down and then knowing that there's like at least maybe 100 people watching me and then plus however many viewers are on a twitch it was just much different and then even playing State of Quake tournaments and forty line dens, for example, mm-hmm. I was still nervous because I like competing, but I don't like losing. So it's like when you're losing, I like start getting shaky. And it's just it's just a bad day.
0: <laughs> no, nah, dude. I mean, within the course of what a, a year, not even really, you went from, I mean, someone who is known in the Quake community, but not someone who won a shitload of tournaments, recorded like your name's on the wall. To a shitload of wins, proved yourself a worthy opponent in any Quake Champions duel, and then all of a sudden you're at Luca. So,
1: yeah,
0: Yeah. that's fucking great, dude. I'm fucking proud of you.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this huge respect from me because uh, this is like a, let's say rocket entrance into the community, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't recall anybody who basically have uh, same. Story as genic no because most of the players that are in pro league or were competing in the in the challengers spent uh, let's say ages in a active community they were yeah. playing tournaments and this is I believe something that uh, might be inspiring for other players that are out there that are not recognized yet and that's uh, think that uh, their skills are. Good enough to give it a try to play in the tournaments for newbies, amateurs, and maybe uh, repeat the uh, display of uh, Ginnik.
0: Was the thing is that you weren't playing in like the diamonds and the rough shit? It's not like we watched you rise; we saw you immediately just show up on top.
1: Even in Quake Live, I was always—I wasn't like a top player, but I was like practicing against a lot of like the higher ups. Like even Rafa to some degree, and I played against the Han. And when Zero Four was playing, I used to play against them mm chance. Mm-hmm.
0: As a then, fucking child.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is like three years ago. So I've always played at the top. And then when Time Limit Duel came out, that's kind of when I cared a lot more. Because Time Limit Duel is kind of my home, right? Because Quake Live is all, you know, 10 minutes, 25 seconds for Armors and 35 seconds for Megas. And then same aspect in Quake Champions. And then the abilities became utility based, which is something I liked a lot more.
0: So I do want to like talk a little bit more about Quake Live. Uh, you, you went from okay. playing Quake 3 right off the get go. Uh, obviously, Quake Live kind of took over. He played for quite a number of years. I want to settle a rumor. I'm uh, really sick of fucking hearing about it. I told you about it before we got on the air. So, people fucking keep bringing up this bullshit about you aimbotting when you were like, what, how old were you at this time?
1: I was like 13, 12, okay. 13. So,
0: so, Fat Cracker was an aimbotter?
1: No, it was oh. before that.
0: Okay, so roll roll us back. Tell us the story.
1: <laughs> so, I cheated in 2011. And then I also cheated in 2012, like very early 2012. It was, if you put the timelines together, it was like December to like, I'm going to say April. So there's two separate instances, but I cheated. Um, both times were like, I wasn't nobody. Nobody knew who I was. The only reason why people knew that I cheated was because I decided to make a article on yes Reality admitting to such, um, which I don't know why that is stupid, but. It's it's whatever it's in the past, right? But yeah. when I cheated, I was like very obvious. Like I didn't really hide it at all. Like yeah. it was probably the most obvious thing. But I was like ninety six percent LG, hundred percent real. Like it was dumb. Um, but people keep thinking that I cheated past that because I would always circumvent the Quake Live ban for the cheating, and I would always get banned for circumventing that ban. So everyone just assumed that Fat Cracker, and then when had came three and all that was all just banned for cheating. When it was really just a ban evasion. Mm-hmm. But I only cheated in like I'm going to say November and December of 2011, and then April of
0: 2012. So why? I guess that's the question. Like, what brought you to do
1: that? Boredom. I mean, I was like, <laughs> honestly, I was like 13 years old. Like, that's... I I didn't even really know much of the quake pro scene. Like, I didn't even know pro. Being a pro was a thing. Yeah. Like, if I knew that I would be at this point, I probably wouldn't have done it. But when you're 13 and you're living at home, we're not living at home, obviously living at home, but going to school, like, you don't really care. Like, yeah. I didn't really care about what I was doing. I was just being a kid, right? Yeah, that's I what I thought, too. It. it
0: was my first reaction. Like, I think it was Smango that kind of brought it to my attention. Because he, he you know, kind of connected, like, okay, uh, you're on you're to Luca and all that shit. He did his article with you, which is yeah. really cool. Uh, check it out, quickfans.net. And then I was like, my first reaction was like, who gives a fuck? (laughs) Like, I don't care what he did when he was 13 years old. Like, like why would anyone give a shit? Yeah. If you held me responsible for something I did at 13, I'd be in fucking prison probably right now or some shit. Like I never, (laughs) everybody I know did something fucking stupid. Uh, Yeah. It's okay.
1: People, people just, people blow shit out of proportion. People are just, they never let up on it. like, when I made that article in Yes Reality, I remember, like, being, like, 13, 14 years old, watching people tell me to go kill myself. I'm like, dude, it's a fucking game. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, I understand why I did a stupid and all that, but, like, telling me to go kill myself is not really the appropriate answer to that.
0: No. <laughs> it's unfortunate that people have to be like that, man. But, like, yeah. hey, you know, slap on the wrist, don't do that again. You're not going to... is also what I said. is like, well, he's not going to fucking cheat. On land at Luca, like he, like he can't. They're gonna fucking. What all do they there's do? What, th- walk everybody through the steps they go through to make sure.
1: There's <laughs> literally admins sitting right behind me. Like if there's any funny business, they'll be the first ones to know.
0: Yeah, these guys are fucking big too. I bet they could kick everybody's ass. I was watching it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, these <laughs> motherfuckers are huge. The tech guys, even the whole deal is like they're like bouncers at a fucking strip club.
1: It's insane. Yes. I was very terrified on stage because, <laughs> like, the whole the screen's like in the back, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I guess if a player wanted to cheat, you could turn around. So it's like, in my head, I'm like, don't turn around out of fucking like just randomness because you're like stressed. Just keep looking straight. Like, I was like so stressed about it.
0: Well, let's let's get into that a little bit more. So, I'll, I'll let Havericks kind of steer the interview from here. I know he's got some questions lined up for you, okay. but uh, how did you get the invite? Like, you you played in the Challengers League, and then. Uh, Walk us through that whole process.
1: So I've played the challengers out of play eight weeks Mm -hmm. and I basically, you have to get the top two highest points in the actual division to qualify for Luke. And pretty much I played Dewey a lot of times and I beat him like four times compared to his one time. And I just ended up like skyrocketing in points because I kept winning. And because the points scale up higher, I kept winning a lot more points, so I ended up with like twelve hundred points. The Dewey's like nine hundred and seventy, and then yeah, after that, pretty much got a message from zero four like, "Here's your flight, let's go."
2: <laughs> All right. So, Havericks, you this cool a... way, yeah, that's a cool way how to get uh, yourself to Luca. I will have uh, one uh, more addition to that uh, cheating stuff and how people can uh, actually react. For example there is uh, still stigma against ZeroQL who is now uh, doing all the videos for pay community as a flux media and people still tend to return to uh, this kind of uh, stuff. So um, I just hope for GNIC that uh, people will basically stop to do this and you will have time for practice and for your First season in Quake Pro League. This is actually Quake quick uh, Luca was first LAN for you. Yeah, definitely. So never you never play,
0: never played sorry? on a LAN at all, or just per first like real like tournament. No,
1: I've never played at any LAN. Like I played like when I played with my dad. That's about as closest to LAN as I got. And I was like, that
2: means nothing. Okay because that's completely different uh, experience when you go to oh, yeah. an event oh yeah for sure and uh how does how does uh let's say luca and uh church where we were playing uh how does how does uh make uh, you feel this uh these spaces basically that were used for the tournament um'
1: just like luca i like guess I remember like going into the actual cathedral and the person's like, all right, we got to take pictures. And I'm like, all sweaty, like 25 hour flight later. And I'm just like, I really don't want to do this picture, but I'm doing it. But actually like meeting players was like really interesting. Cause you're attaching names to faces, right? Like you see Rafa's face cam, but once you actually attach that name to his face, it's like a much different feeling. And then actually like playing with like 20 other players in a practice room and then playing on stage was like just a, it was a nerve wracking experience for me personally because I've never, well, A, I've never really played with anyone else in the same room. So it's like I'm already having that issue. So now I'm on stage where I have someone behind me watching me, people in front of me watching me. And then I'm playing against someone like the Han who has like, played on stages for years compared to me. It was like my first time. It's just weird.
2: Was it, Was this reason why? Uh, I'll be honest here. Because I was expecting that you will basically wipe out the brick out of the arenas, and we ended up at fifth map. And uh, I'm wondering if uh, this is like part of uh, your acclimatization to the to the venue or to the playing on the stage, or if it if it is uh, just that the brick is uh, really or did he find a good way how to uh, play against you. Uh, In those maps?
1: So, first Brick, like even in practice games, it's been like, I'd say maybe a 90% win rate for me. So, even going to five maps, I didn't expect. But he honestly just played a lot better. Like, I only played Dewey one game or two maps, and I played Effortless one game, and that's about all my practice I had for LAN. And it's much different. Like, versus Brick, he destroyed me with rockets a lot more. And I. But Bef- in online, like you can, you can play around rockets because they're a lot more inconsistent. But online, they're like hundred damage. So I always took way too much damage for him, which is probably why I lost. And then the one play with the scale bear also, you know, was very <laughs> detrimental to me. Made me cry.
2: <laughs> I agree on scale battle. I I hate him. <laughs> so so t- tough to face him because uh, you always have that feeling that you you are getting damage. When you yep. get to close quarters with him, so it's yeah. really, it's really like un- uncomfortable to play against him. Yeah, and like is it? Sorry, go, go
1: on. on okay, I'll go on then. <laughs> <laughs> so what, when I was like down two maps first break, I'm like, well, I'm probably gonna lose this. So I guess I get to enjoy my stay in Italy. And then after Blood Covenant was like, okay, maybe I can win. And then awoke and I'm like, okay, this is like one of my better maps like i should win this and even that game was like mildly stressful but i'm happy that i closed it out and brick played like really well like much yeah. better than even i expected
2: mm. especially that molten falls was a great uh, map for both of you and that uh, finishing frag i don't know <laughs> what actually happened there with galina and scale it was it was uh, crazy but uh yeah is it uh, really different when you play on uh, LAN settings with Quake Champions and online? Is it uh, that big difference? Huge, huge difference. It, it's a
1: big difference in terms of rockets for me, but that's about it. Like LG and Rail feel the exact same. It's just rockets, you can dodge them, but you can also take a lot more damage from them. So it's, it's just kind of that aspect. And then. That's about it, and I, and obviously with the stage with nerves, right? But I mean that's something you can fix with LAN and rockets. It's just different overall for me. Hmm. So uh, you Gone. go on uh,
0: what? When I first played Quake Champions on LAN, it was at QuakeCon, and that my first reaction was, as you said, LG and uh, like rails kind of. It's always client side hitting with those. Like even though you can have like a bit of a lag trying to hit someone initially, or if you watch like a watch like someone actually playing high ping on a video yeah. of them, you know, playing Crossfire. As far as they're concerned, they're hitting you. But if you watch it back, it kind of looks like um like they're trailing you with an LG or something as they're tracking. Yeah. Uh, as you said, rockets huge difference. I mean, they're like it feels like right on time. Uh, it's not like the best lag in quake champions however the feeling of it to me like it you, you kind of get used to it you, you know you have your muscle memory and everything as you're playing with your rockets with your lg with your rail the you, you stay the same for lg and rail uh, when you're in person at, at a land the rockets being different can throw off everything at least in my experience like it, yeah. your whole muscle memory has to change and kind of get used to it go back to what you're saying <laughs> either of you. you you were talking so <laughs> go ahead
2: I, i'm actually wondering uh if this uh first match uh hype you for the for the next opponent which was the hunk and if uh, that first experience on the stage uh make you let's say m- more certain when you return to the to the very same place
1: like, as in me, if when I go to Poland, for example, like, will I feel no, no, no? Possible? I mean,
2: is that what you're kind of asking? Uh, yeah, I mean, about the confidence right on the line. If it, uh, if that uh, first match actually help you to get uh, more confidence for the next games,
1: oh, definitely. I mean, in Luka, like, out of everyone in round of 16, I've probably played the most maps. Because mm-hmm. I played eight maps on stage total, which gave me pretty much a lot of experience. And then taking the one map off the hang was also like a huge accomplishment. For me. I think going into Poland i will be a lot more confident. And I'll I'll have a much better practice schedule. And kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, like system in place to help me perform better.
2: Mm. How, how does it feel for you to beat the hang on that uh, corrupted keep? Because... Um, uh, Many people saw it as a huge achievement. Actually, actually, uh, casters on the desk were crazy about it. So,
1: was yeah, it... versus like corrupted keeps like my best map, but the hands also like destroyed me on that map and online. So, even for me to pick it, I was also hesitant on it because I was expecting like a twenty to ten score line, not a seven to four or whatever it was. Um, beating the hand was a good feeling because I didn't actually think I would do it. But DeHan also didn't feel like he was performing up to his expectations because after our game and he played Avic and Razy, like his LG was like so much better compared to when he played versus me, so I think for him he also needed to warm up a little bit, but I mean overall it was still a good accomplishment for me, I'm proud of it. Yeah. This- I was actually
0: uh Machiavelli was doing like a co-stream of it, like kind of doing his own commentary as I oh, watched yeah. and Part of what we kind of saw was I felt like Hang didn't take you seriously and then he turned it on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I Woke and he hit like every every rail <laughs> on me. It okay. was bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, uh, go,
1: ahead, go ahead. I said I'd pretty much agree with that. Like, yeah. he probably, we practiced a bit and we've traded maths before, but. You probably expected after me versus Brick, they're like, oh, he's probably too nervous to do well. Then that happened. He's like, okay, let's go try hard.
2: (laughs) How does... uh, Many players were... um, I don't want to say complaining, but uh, were mentioning that uh, the schedule was really tough for them because uh, basically you start every day at uh, 9 a.m. in the cathedral. So that means, like, uh, let's say... Seven uh, for the wake up alarm. It was
1: wake up alarm was probably like six forty five. The bus, like the actual shuttles, left at seven fifteen a.m. So we had depending on how early you woke up, you there was a buffet that you can go eat breakfast, and then we had to take the shuttle, which is like thirty minutes. So we were there probably around ish because you had to also walk there, which is like a fifteen minute walk, right? So. And then ESL tried to provide the PCs to the players that were playing next, pretty much. So, for example, me, Brick, and then CNZ, as well as the other challengers and relegations, got to play first. And then they were trying to cycle it because there's only like 10 PCs or something. Or 12, if I remember
2: correctly. Something like 12, I think. Yeah. So, uh, is, it, is it like... Wasn't that tough? So th- this is like your usual schedule. You wake up that early and uh, you basically uh, hang out hang out in uh, one area. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's pretty much even at home, like just to work. I always wake up 6.45, so that schedule didn't bother me that much. But I can understand why it bothered a lot of people. Because you could take players like Waz, for example, where he had like one of the last matches of the day. So he's mm-hmm. taking a shuttle there at 7 a.m. and he's not playing till like... 6 or 7 pm it's just he's there for 12 hours can't really do much right
2: and it's uh basically that was the last uh last match of the day it was uh base versus um was yeah but in the end like uh both players have uh similar conditions Yeah. so uh how did you try to save your stamina for the games Um,
1: after my games versus brick and then the hang, thankfully my games were a lot earlier. So I didn't have to worry about like scheduling and playing a lot later. And then pretty much that whole day, like I just went to go eat and just watch the matches and tried to learn as much as I could. And then, yeah, pretty much all there was to it. They wouldn't, we weren't really allowed to leave like the cathedral. Like we were allowed to, but someone was going to complain at us. So we tried to stay close to Luca in general. So Mm. We didn't, we didn't venture far
2: uh, what do you see as your strongest weapon tribal for sure
1: <laughs> like really yeah tribal probably my best weapon i don't use it as much anymore but like there was a period where i was probably the best player with it and then after tribal probably heavy machine gun
0: we saw so, the, the tribal so not the
2: usual I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah. not the usual like uh, undead trinity, unholy trinity.
1: No, no, no. I tribal's my favorite and my best.
0: I think this is a significant thing about Quake Champions that doesn't get brought up enough It's that the weapons balance is different. It's not like, erase Quake Live and Quake Three from your mind. Tribal became really prominent at PGL last year. We saw like a huge Change shift in the game, especially on go back to like Blood Run, right? Uh, back in Quake World, for instance, okay, you play Blood Run, you shoot nades, you just spam nades at that fucking uh, with the teleporter exit at the top, uh, going over to red. We see this happen so much in Quake Champions, it's just, and it's perfectly angled. It's not like nades where you have to like bounce it off walls and shit, you can angle Tribalt from the floor or where. It, no longer where mega is but in quake world it is mega and quake champions obviously it's across the room from you in the hallway however you can stand under the teleporter they either have to go to nail room as soon as they come out of that teleporter or face you try bolting them we see this so much in quake champions mm. the other aspect of it is that as you said corrupted keep probably your strongest map no rail on that map no rail in quake, yeah. quake world either but not the point the point is you get If you're good with a heavy machine gun, you can really tear someone's ass up. You see this on Blood Run. You see players uh, come out on bridge. Okay, So you're running across bridge towards uh, where power-up would be if you were in a team mode. Someone's standing over my Mega. You see them come up the jump pad. You have the choice. You can rail them. And yeah, if you hit the rail, good for you. Not everybody's going to fucking yeah. hit a rail, especially not on a line and land. You're probably fucking nervous you could tear someone's fucking ass up with a fucking MG on this game. If you're zooming, and most of the most of you guys playing top, top dog are pretty much keyed in, zoom when you use it, you get 15 damage a hit, you get uh, 4 or 5 of those, you're doing 45, 50, 60 damage, something like that. You, you, more if you can keep them for a long time. By the time they come around and rail you or do anything at all to defend themselves, you've done a shitload of damage. You can completely negate the mega health without having to worry so much about uh, trying to rail someone. So this is a, a vast difference between Quake Champions and every other Quake that's coming before it. Uh, is mm-hmm. that the MG is super powerful, like really, really strong weapon. Very. Yeah.
1: And on okay. maps like, I'm sorry, on maps like corrupted, like you can spam it like in the the second level above Mega, and that someone's like coming off portal after they just taken heavy, you can like take a hundred damage minimum because mm-hmm. you're just exposed completely. HMG is kind of underrated for a lot of the lower tier players, but it really should be used a lot more. Thank you for the pro tip because uh,
2: <laughs> I always hes- i am always hes- hesitant to switch to heavy machine gun, for example.
1: It's—I um, mean, there is the spray that you have to get used to, but once you zoom in, it's like a hundred percent damage.
0: That was a recent patch, like probably one of the last two or three patches that we saw was that they they really reduced the spread uh, difference because it used to be zooming spread was different than uh regular yeah. shooting spread i'm I'm actually impressed I remember all this bullshit, but yeah, that and also shotgun same way. We also saw the shotgun become very prominent, especially in this Luca tournament more so than I've seen in previous tournaments. uh yeah. do you have anything to say about that because the hang used it on you big time <laughs>
1: <laughs> like about sorry about shotgun. Yeah, yeah,
0: Every it seemed really. Shotgun prominent. is
1: shotguns overpowered. I, I think they should nerf it. Like, I think it's probably the the worst weapon to play with. Like, there's players like Rafa that can do like 80 damage to me across the map, and I do like five. Like, it's just the gun is so inconsistent. So, mm-hmm. even playing versus the hang I was always hesitant on using it. I'm kind of thankful that like the RNG gods were on my side, and I could do like the amount of damage that I did versus him, but. I hate that weapon. I think it should be nerfed a lot. I sh- I th- I think it should either go back to 100 damage or go back to like or go to like 80. I think it's just too strong. Like even off spawn versus brick, like I did like 200 damage to him, which is shotgun.
0: Okay, so now I have to ask you a question as a you're okay. a pro player now. You could say I think they all should they should nerf it and they'll probably, you know, now that you're kind of up there, take your thoughts into consideration a bit more as they patch the game. However, yeah. I would also say, do you not just see it as your responsibility to exploit that weakness? Like, if you know it's an overpowered weapon, why would you not just use it?
1: I mean, actually, like I said, I do try to use it, but it's <laughs> the gun is so inconsistent. Like, okay. I can never hit well with it. Okay. So I don't know if there's like an angle I need to hit it with, but the like the gun's always a write-off for me. It's either it's like a twenty percent win rate for me on that weapon to win Have a you, fight. So
0: you played Doom Two?
1: Uh, a little bit.
0: You know the secret with the shotgun in Doom Two, right? You aim a little bit to the right. the the sp- The spread is actually bigger on the left. Like you get more pellets to the left of your shot. So if you aim a bit to the right, you do like twice the damage with your uh, with the super shotgun, which is why it's so, so prominent that. in Doom Two. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's the case in Quake Champions or if there's anything even akin to that. But that's just like it can be They're that subtle. Determined. It really can be <laughs> that subtle.
2: Uh, just line them up, man. And also, uh, I will go back to that tribal because uh, also in Luca uh, I was really surprised uh, by the usage of the weapon, and uh, we were speaking about it a uh, few weeks ago, basically. But uh, you see that uh, player use it like more, let's say, fluently. You know what I mean? That uh, uh, when when the tribal was first introduced, people use it like it was. It was like in, um, come on. When you have uh, when you have like a spasm on the muscles, you know that they were they were. It was like uh, they were really uh, sad about using that weapon. So now I see that uh, they they are using it really easily. That it have its place in the arsenal.
1: Yeah, but tri like the early stages of tribal were awful. And then there was like that one era, like two months, where it was just so OP. Like I remember playing 2v2 with like Feb Medic and even just Pugs in general. Anytime there was a quad, I would just pull out Tribolt and just throw it everywhere. And it was like 200 damage instant. I think Tribolt's very balanced now. I think my only issue with Tribolt now is the range. I think the range is too long, but that's it's a minor issue. And it's really not an issue anymore because no one really uses it a lot now because everyone knows kind of how to counter it. So it's like just a utility weapon.
2: Did you set any goals for you uh, in the stage two? I'm going to try to
1: practice more, but I work a full-time job already and I already work a second job. So having Quake is like kind of like a third part-time job for me is going to be tough. Because I already don't have a lot of time. So practice-wise, it's going to suck for me. Mm -hmm. And then going to Poland and all that, I have to... Yeah, I'm going to try to practice more, but that's all I can really do right now. I don't have much time in my schedule to play the game a lot.
2: So if the, if the schedule will be uh, same as uh, in stage one, uh, every su- Sunday you should be ready for a game? Well, stage one, like I just
1: played the Saturdays and I'll play a day before. I'd actually yeah. never practiced going up in the Challengers. It was very rare that I did. Um And then stage two will probably be similar. It's going to be pretty limited practice. I'll probably play, I'll try to play more on weekends, but that's about it. Mm. The only goal is to not get relegated, so.
2: So, like, may, made it to top eight?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> because uh from uh, my point of view, uh, Quake Pro League for Americas, is now much more challenging than it was in stage one. Yeah, it's like, definitely. Like I don't, I. It's like I don't want to be uh, like uh, rude towards safe or break. Please because, uh, just
0: just talk freely. Don't worry about being rude.
2: I'll oh, handle, like
0: I'll handle it. Yeah.
2: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> have to go to Katowice with me. They decided <laughs> to go there, uh, and yeah, but uh, it will be more challenging for everybody, I think. With uh, you and, and Dewey uh, in lineup, so uh, you you basically know that uh, you can uh, be the Dewey. Yeah, I think uh, Dewey.
1: I think actually Dewey would, will probably be like top six, maybe top five. Hmm? I think Dewey's pretty good actually. Like his play style is so much different from everyone else's. Like even playing him in challengers was stressful because he plays, he can play very passive, and I'm very aggressive, and I hate playing passive because I'm patient. So, trying to like make myself play plus back for 20 minutes or even 30 minutes if we got to map three was like very hard. But I think Dewey's playstyle is going to annoy a lot of players. So I think he, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes to like top six.
2: It was actually tactic uh, he chose for his uh, first uh, map against Sip. He was passive all the time, and basically one fight decided uh, decided a uh, whole whole map. What was uh let's say uh, best match, according to you, from uh, Luca? What match? was the most crazy? Hmm? Um, that's gonna be tough. I'm gonna say probably.
1: I don't know what map it was, but it was between S- not Sparty. Garpy and Cipher, like that whole series was like very interesting because everyone probably predicted again Cipher to probably either three zero three one and then Garpy actually was like up two zero and then I think lost three mm-hmm. zero. But there was one map there was like always really close and like the game was just amazing. I can't remember the map though. Maybe you do because I didn't actually. I wasn't able to watch much of it to left. But I think that whole set in general was
2: amazing. In my opinion, it's probably one of the better ones. Hmm. From me, uh, I was really surprised when I see Cooler against Ryze on Evoken. Oh yeah, the Because the that yeah, that Picker kill. <laughs> <laughs> was, like uh, he used stroke for uh, for the as a, as his champion, and he didn't use Pika uh, like ever. In that game oh. until that kill happens and it was there was something that was like a highlight for me
1: yeah and... that was an insane kill like i remember watching it in like the catering section with like brick and all them it was just like holy shit! that was, like 200 damage when he had like nothing it was insane
2: and there were, there were more of the, uh, this crazy moments, uh, during the tournament. I think if there is some highlight video for a whole event, there will be some crazy, crazy stuff that happened. And yeah, it's, there was, there was, uh, I think one of the most, uh, or most challenging tournaments in a, in a long, long time. Even though if you compare it to the online stage as well, but
1: this was crazy hype i think yeah i agree i don't think anyone even expected cooler to even make top 4 so th- cuz cooler versus siged looked pretty rough so even me I was like uh eh, cooler might not make it far and then when he made top 4 I'm like okay but i don't think he'll be raising then he's beating razy and then he beat kilsen and there's was- like it was a new cooler on stage in my opinion think yeah. it's nice to see I
0: like that you brought up uh Cooler versus Psygib. He's like Saigib looked so fucking confident in this tournament. Like he looked good as fuck. And I was like really rooting for him. I mean, obviously I, I kinda like have a prior relationship with Saigib, so I'm always rooting for him. But I we saw him play on Blood Run is fucking keel and I, I do want to get into the champions aspect of this a bit because it's like it goes under talked about uh, at least in most of the interviews that i've seen about quake champions is like yeah like the champions play a huge factor i have no fucking clue why anybody would pick keel and i'm not saying like keel's a shit champion or anything i'm saying that clearly on some maps keel is a huge hindrance to you you see him get picked a lot Especially on like uh, Bale of Nath, people pick Keel. There's certain players that can really pull off a of Keel. Like Rafa, obviously, can pull off fucking anything. De Hang is a master of playing with any champion. Razzy we could say the same thing. Like uh, for these guys yeah. can play with unorthodox champions and always have been doing this, kind of like at the cutting edge of what you can do with the champion. Keel is too fucking slow to play on Blood Run, and, and it works. Uh, Cy gives like he's a big dude like he's kind of got that lumbering thing it feels like Keel like works for, like Keel moves like i imagine side moves when he's on a basketball court or something like that but it, <laughs> it's it's felt like such a hindrance especially like he's you know playing against champions like slash like peaker who's become you know, strong and peaker has become like a huge thing right now with the new uh crouch sliding aspect of it and all that but i i just feel like every time i saw someone pick keel they got fucked and i didn't like it and I, it's like you, you, you pick Keel, you're handicapping yourself, and if you win it's a miracle. It's because you're a kickass yeah. player. It's not because Keel was the right champion to pick.
1: Yeah. Um on Blooderon, I actually don't think Keel is the worst pick.
0: Because well, with
1: the-, the nades with the nades, you can like choke out Mega and mm-hmm. Heavy like pretty well. Like obviously he's bigger, so if you're taking like a lot of longer range fights, your chances are you're gonna lose him, but Saga's very good at like aggressing in general, so I think Kill on that map fits him a lot better than people think. Okay. Than most people think.
0: No, you're the expert, man. I'm just fucking speculating. Like, oh, I know. It's all good. It. But uh, champions wise, what what works for you right now? What do you feel like is the strongest for you?
1: Um, Slash. I've been working on Slash a lot, and I think Slash has become one of my stronger champions. But I never played her. Actually, I did play her online one of my time. Um, Other than that, Aizen, Visor, Nyx was good. Ranger's been a lot better for me, too. Pretty much any medium champion. Mm -hmm. And then Nyx and Slash are like my two light champions that I play the most. That's about it.
0: So no heavies for you? You don't like heavies?
1: Um, I played Keel a couple times, and I played Sarlag, but those are like for Veil of Nath. That's like the only time I've played those champions.
0: I, I dig Sorla like, because she's fast. Like on top of being a heavy champ, she's fast. Otherwise, yeah. like I've, I've always, I've always hated Bear, I've Always hated Keel. Yeah. Period. Um, did you play Quick yeah, Four at all?
1: No. Well, I so, played. I played Quick Four like the demo. That's it.
0: So there was no like prior crouch sliding comfort with no, you for slashing. Not you did? at all. Okay. Good to know. <laughs>
2: I'm really actually surprised about the medium champions because that's not the first time I'm hearing this from the pros. I was asking uh, European guys about, about the champions picks and they say just go with the medium champion because uh, if you pick uh, light or heavy, there is always counter. Do you mm-hmm. feel the yeah. same way? Yeah, that's a
1: pretty good argument. Like that's why you only really see lights play against other lights. That's, that's, just much better matchup. Lights versus mediums or lights versus heavies. You already at a disadvantage with even the starting stack, right? So mediums are always like the safest bet to go.
0: I think yeah, I've always kind of felt that way. Mediums like you're safe either way if they pick a heavy. So fucking what? You know, you're yeah. not at a huge disadvantage health and armor wise, but you do have the you know speed advantage. If they pick a light, you're not that far off either, but you do have health advantage armor. Advantage.
1: Like, yeah, exactly it's,
0: it's a good balance and also there's just more medium champs in general uh we don't have a single cpma uh movement medium champ which strikes me as crazy but, <laughs> like, whatever i don't know i think visor is so, always safe because he has the faster straight jumping which no one talks about anymore
1: like, yeah 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 visor is like my best champion but so also people are like, oh, you're a cheater. So obviously, you love all that, right? <laughs> so.
0: I was literally about to say. That <laughs> but this
1: one is legit. Yeah, That's but legit. visor. I, I love visor because even like the strafe move, like the speed that it can reach, which is unlimited, is also just amazing. On maps like Blood Covenant and Sarnath and Molten, like you just <laughs> strafe forever and gain so much. It's beautiful.
0: Averix, so you seem like you had a thought, and then we I think we cut you off.
2: No, 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 no. The talk was about, about the uh, medium champion. And there is one extra, actually. I was trying to convince, uh, like, I call them Slavic Gang because they all speak Russian. <laughs> uh, I was trying to convince them to use uh, Berserk of Doom like more often. Any addition to this discussion?
0: No, we don't uh, see that a lot. Yeah.
2: Berserk is. It's not
1: inconsistent, but it can be. Like you at least for me when I play Doom, I only use the Berserk if I'm trying to steal an item or I'm trying to run away from a fight. Because with the Doom you have like the weird like faster paced movement, which is kind of harder to hit. Using Berserk in a fight's the only time I'd use it is if you have like no rockets and you need to finish someone off that's less than like sixty HP. It's not 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 an ability you want to use all the time. You're mainly using Doom for the double jump. That's it.
2: Mm. That's what everybody say. Yeah. I, I'm still trying to like uh, use it in my in my gameplay and sometimes it works but usually usually the idea of mine was uh, if you killed somebody and you need to move to another location to cover the major item or whatever, uh, uh, grab some HPs and uh, weapons maybe uh, to use the berserk uh, to make it faster. Then again, guys are telling me that, uh, that speed advantage you got from the berserk is not that much to outweigh the disability of, uh, hearing the sounds. And, uh, when you are surprised, basically in the berserk, uh, there is not much you can do rather than run away.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: It's. For
1: me, Doom's always been like the major ability's always been a passive in a way, in a weird way for me. So, just even other champs like Strog, like, I don't use Peeker a lot either. I use Peeker if I like absolutely need to, like, for example, Cooler versus Raising. like, if I feel like I need to get like extra damage. A lot of the champs nowadays are like their major abilities to me feel like passives now, which is a weird thing to say, but that's how I've always kind of looked at it. <laughs> it
0: sucks because I think that's what everybody wanted but it also kind of takes away from the appeal quote-unquote of quake champions is that the idea that they have these active abilities and everything and then slowly over time which is everybody bitched and complained like oh you just push after the win now it really does it does really actually feel like they're not that big a deal anymore it's not that huge of a hindrance obviously
1: it's there's a couple champions where like their major abilities are useful yeah, like Ranger. I think Ranger's Diorb is probably the best one, and then even Nyx's Invis to some degree. But like Ison's turret is—I one's not call really call it a major ability to me. It's I think located. the turret's just like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's all used the turret for is to find someone, or if you're like me, you just place it down mid fight and just try to do damage.
2: <laughs> I think. Yeah, I Nyx. see. I... Nix. I see. Uh, I'm sorry. I will continue with Eisen, uh, if I can. Uh, I see it as a, let's say, uh, defense against Calabar when he's running, uh, uh, on you with the bull rush. Yeah. You just place the turret in front of him and he basically gets stuck. Yeah. I
1: that's like such an underused meta. I think Garpy is like the only one that's actually like used it like fully to that potential. I don't think there's any other player that's actually used it for that, but it's actually a really good plan. Like it's a good counter, in my opinion. Cause yeah. once Skillbird doesn't have that bull rush and he's in front of you, he just looks like an idiot and you just do like
2: 100 damage to a minimum. So. Nah. Can you tell us more about uh, your definition of Eisenbach? <laughs> <laughs> So the
1: Eisenbug, it's really just an insider joke, but I played i played against Rafa, and I beat him versus his Death Knight or versus Ranger on Awoken, and when I watched the VOD back, he said that something about how I'm abusing an Eisenbug. So I kept asking everyone in North America, I'm like, what is this Eisenbug? Because I don't even know what the bug is, for starters, so how am I abusing a bug that I have no knowledge of? and then i later found out that it's something with the hitbox where if you like keep rushing forward i guess if you take less damage or like the hitboxes don't line up but i've never had that issue personally so to me it's just a meme so now anytime like i kill someone with aizen or i lose it's like a catch-all now mm-hmm. where we just put blame it on the aizen bug that's pretty much how it originated versus just when i was playing rafa and beat him and then he mentioned that i was abusing a bug <laughs> That's the
2: best answer. He won because of the back.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. just like a like because when you when you lose or when you play, right? Like you're gonna vent your frustration. So I don't think he actually meant any harm by it. It's just like one of those things. Like, for example, if Rafa beats me, I'll like, I shouldn't have fucking lost. This guy sucks. But not that I mean it, but in game, right? You try to like boost your ego to do better. So it's I think that's all it was for Rafa and then because I was so confused if it was actually a bug that I was abusing that I had no knowledge of I was trying to figure out what it was this whole time then, to use it more effectively next time yeah yeah, exactly
2: <laughs> but I don't think it's a bug it's just uh, you are speaking about, uh, about the personalities of the players and if I understand this correctly you met uh, all of them for the first time yeah which was pretty much the same for me uh, regarding the Americas players. Mm. Who's the uh, like uh, like uh, best buddy from that uh, from that uh, pro team? Like the best, the person I.
1: talked Yeah, to you like and yeah. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Uh, it's was pretty much the same friend group. Like for example, um, Brick Effortless um, On as well. Like that whole, those three in general, I was probably around the most. But that's also because I'm, I also talked to them a lot more. And me and Brick, we always talk about Quake and talk about games and all that. We've always been pretty close with each other like that. Not like mm-hmm. close as in like best friends, but like close as in like, like good Quake partners, I guess. Or yeah. you know. Um. Other than that, I'd say I probably hung out a lot with PsyGiv. And then I had my actual friend there too, which helped. And then <laughs> a little fist bump in the background. But yeah, it's about that's like the core that I remember. And then dramas, I met dramas, and I've talked to dramas a lot in Discord. And me and him was actually really cool. And then Dehain and all them. I mean, everyone, everyone was amazing. Me and everyone.
0: Dramas Enjoyed. is a really cool guy. Like oh, he's yeah. very interesting. I had dinner with him after QuakeCon, and like he, for some reason we had to go to an Italian restaurant because he would only eat spaghetti and meatballs. I don't know if that's like a real thing with him, or if he was just <laughs> fucking with me. But he's got like very uh, allegedly very strange uh, eating habits. But he's uh, he's like not. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. with Dramas, you can come on and defend yourself anytime you want, man.
1: I never, I never actually ate with dramas. I yeah, think I only ever. I'm trying to remember who I actually went out and ate with. It's pretty much like brick, effortless. I think we had lunch with Mojo once. That's about it. And then we went to McDonald's. I went to <laughs> McDonald's like Dewey. Oh yeah, I hung out with Dewey a lot. How am I forgetting? I Me and Dewey talked a lot that weekend too. But like, I don't know if you guys see my Twitter where we have like the pictures of like all of us going to McDonald's and ordering beer. <laughs> it was like the highlight of the weekend. And forty, forty's like, let's go to McDonald's. Like, we're in Italy. Probably shouldn't, but okay. But like that whole weekend, I pretty much ate McDonald's, which is <laughs> the dumbest thing to do in a different country, in my opinion. But after they, after I found out McDonald's sold beer, I was pretty much hooked.
0: Yeah, that's... I would go. To, I hate McDonald's. I would go to McDonald's in Europe. Just, just to <laughs> say I did. Royale with cheese, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. Pfft. Havericks, you you get to speak as the native European, like you've never been to an American McDonald's. I was, actually. Okay, was it dog uh, shit compared to European McDonald's?
2: I I think that they sell basically the same shit.
0: Okay, fantastic.
2: For me, for me, uh, like worst McDonald's was, I believe, in Chile. But because that was of the uh, because of the quality of Big Mac, I did uh, get there. It was like uh, sweating, you know. What? Yes, I don't know, man. It's like I'm used to have uh, my burger basically uh, crispy. That is something what it should be probably, and uh, yeah, they they serve me this. So uh, that's my worst experience uh, from McDonald's. But uh, in the end, I'm uh, old man and uh, I don't eat uh, in the fast food uh, that much nowadays. So uh, I was. Uh, surviving Italy on uh, pasta, uh, uh, basically catering uh, at the venue, which was, uh, in my eyes, uh, amazing uh, quality. If you pick well some yeah, of I the food, it, day- it. yeah, because there's a there's a something that was, uh, in my eyes, maybe Nick uh, have uh, like no experience to compare it, but. Uh, this event was so small that uh, you have everything uh, on one place without any, uh, let's say, huge interference from the crowds. That are uh, that will be issue in Katowice, I think. And uh, yeah, this that, that was uh, really amazing on the event that you just go to the uh, side hall of the church and you climb up uh, and there was catering which was uh, basically like uh, claimed by uh, team america for the saturday and sunday you yeah. know because most of the europeans get sticked downstairs and uh, guys from uh, americas were uh, chilling uh, up and there is uh, i will continue on that uh, on that uh, players if i can uh, you you were basically mentioning uh, guys from americas uh, did you did you find somebody from uh, eu to hang on or
1: hang with? Not really. It was pretty much American players. Like, a lot of the Europeans were kind of, like, had their own groups kind of going, so they're all... I think the only European that I hung out the most with was Sparty. At least that's the only one I remember hanging out with the most. And then, because... I mean, I met, I met like, all the European players, but it's... We never really, like, did anything after the event. We probably just talked during the event
2: and that's... Mm. Because I have this I have same feelings. I was writing that in my in my review because uh, because uh, there is different chemistry uh, with Team America with all the guys from from America's uh, quake pro League, and then uh, European guys. because uh, Europe is like you have six players that uh, are uh, speaking Russian or natively or uh, learned. Then you have chain that can join them and speak Russian as well. Yeah. It was it was fucking surprising to me. It's like <laughs> I was joking, and I was speaking to him in my uh, awkward Russian, and <laughs> I was asking him, "Is he if he speaks Russian?" And then he started to speak like fluent Russian, and I was blown. <laughs> so come on, what's, what's good? it's like I'm the only one who don't speak Russian, and that's uh, basically change a uh, whole European group because you have six players that speak Russian, then you have two guys from Sweden. Uh, which uh, again, I don't want to affront anybody, but they are they are uh, like toxic. For example, he's just uh, let's say me and my PC. That's that's all you can you can have from the event with him, because uh, there is no much uh, space to uh, talk to him, because you have always time uh, or uh, you have always feeling that you are interrupting him somehow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the same thing for me and a lot of the European players. Like, I met Kron and uh, Avik. I probably talked I probably talked to them and maybe cypher, like, maybe one sentence, that's it. Mm. But, yeah. I just kind of let them do their own thing. Because Avic also had to drive, like, 15 hours, and was, I didn't want to bother him on his day of practice, so it's, mm.
2: let him be. <laughs> yeah. So... Are you looking forward to Katowice because it will be a completely different uh, experience? I think. Oh, yeah. Do you know what to expect?
1: Um, I don't know really what to expect. I'm hoping this time the flights go a lot easier for me because I had well, I missed my flight to Italy initially, so I'm trying to get that all sorted out. was so not fun. So hopefully flights go smoother. And as for the actual events, uh, it's gonna well because it's Katowice. I assume it's going to be probably the, sim- the same stadium as like the CS:GO majors were holding, just in a smaller area. So it's going to be a lot louder, I think. So I just have mm-hmm. to adapt to that.
2: Because Polish uh, Polish quake is pretty strong and oh, yeah. uh, always used to be. And like main goal for everybody who is watching this uh, or listening to this uh, to this podcast is you have to uh, force Karmak uh, that owns it to the community actually. Uh, to put the finals on the, on the spot deck because that would be fucking, fucking hilarious. If you have Quake <laughs> in, in front of 10,000, uh, viewers on the, on the yeah, big, yeah. big stage, that would be fucking cool. And yeah, I'm expecting personally that it would be somewhere in the exhibitors area, which is fucking, uh, crowded. There are a lot of people coursing uh, here and there. So yeah. I, I'm wondering how they, uh, how they solve the situation, so we have uh, some space uh, for yourself for your preparation. Yeah. Usually, uh, Katowice have uh, extra um, gym that is uh, only for players, so no press, nobody else can enter that area. So that might be kind of uh, advantage. So the preparation should be the same, but uh, but the crowd uh, on the stage will be crazy, I think. Yeah, because mo- most of the Polish people are uh, Quakers, in the heart. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm expecting. Uh, I'm preparing you for this. <laughs> it was it would really <laughs> be like uh, much, much more crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: I'm glad we got off on this tangent, because uh, I, I do kind of want to talk about not just the Quake aspect, but the life experience. Fact: Had you been outside of like. Like traveling abroad before this?
1: No. I mean, I like where I live, so I live in BC, so I have family in Alberta, so I mean, I've flown like province, but never out of country or anything. Like, Italy is my first experience as well.
0: I mean, you're a young dude. I mean, this is pretty cool, man. To just get fucking flights to Italy for free and shit. You know, you're going to go to Italy, <laughs> you go to Poland, you're going to like very likely you'll be in Texas next year if you keep it up. Um, yeah. Fuck it. First of all, Texas is fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> I'm not, not a native Texan, man. I'm from fucking, like, bumfuck Alabama, but, like, Texas is awesome. Don't smoke weed there. Don't get caught smoking weed there. Have a great time in Texas. <laughs> But the the Gaylord Arena is one of the coolest places you'll ever go in your fucking life. It's so cool. Like QuakeCon is a fucking super awesome party. I really can't wait to see you. Kind of like do all this. You're you're already ahead of the curve for me. For most people, you know our age, you're, you're traveling the world. You're playing fucking video games on a professional level. I just want to make sure you just enjoy that to the fullest fullest fucking extent.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> all
2: right.
0: I'll get,
2: I'll I have one. I have one joke for you guys. Oh shit! Because uh, you, no, <laughs> come on, you can you can cut it off, man. But uh, but uh, I learned about um, like restriction for the marijuana in Texas hard way, because <laughs> because there was uh, in 2007 on Greyhound there was guys playing on the stage, and they have they have uh, some uh, nickname referring to marijuana. <laughs> and Todd Holland's had was uh, making uh, like a shoutcast of that. Of that, uh, it was I don't know uh, some uh, fans uh, battle or whatever. Mm. And I I shout on him that uh, he would smoke that weed as well. And he was just turning around and saying no in this country, man. So we knew, man, that. So basically, it was it was the in the same situation as the Dramis, because he, he traveled for the first time as well. Because yes. there are some crazy stories uh, of the pro players. You traveled for the first time mm-hmm. and like ar- around the globe, basically. Drummies, uh, pretty much same story, which with addition of uh, like quitting his job, which is fucking crazy. And then, then there is there is party who lost his equipment on the flight. This is a third player <laughs> yeah. affected by the fucking traveling, and then we have Avak who fucking drive car for sixteen hours to get to. Yeah, it's like we are so good in the in the in the transportation.
1: Yeah, and then I missed my connecting flight from Frankfurt to Rome, which was even. Better. Fuck, that was that was stressful. Frankfurt. I don't know if you guys have ever been in Frankfurt, but holy shit, that airport sucks.
2: Yeah, that's that airport sucks. I waited there twelve hours. <laughs> the Dallas airport sucks too. Just,
0: I can't wait to see you, on. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Crack so many beers.
2: You
1: see me lose all my hair at the freaking airport. <laughs> it's like the most nerve wracking time ever.
2: Oh shit! We're, I hope uh, I will join you guys.
0: You you should. But if you can, only if you can, um, I got to make it over to Europe is what the real case is.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But we're uh, we're well past the hour mark, guys. Um, just, we can keep talking as long as I want to, but feel free if you have any closing thoughts you want to get the fuck out of here. That's cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't really have any closing thoughts right okay. now. i let cool. you go, Mr. Harks.
2: Thank you. It was pleasure to speak with you again.
1: Yeah, yeah I remember, I remember when you were in the crowd, and I think Mother Motherlode's messaging me is like, "Have you met Haruk? Uh, I'm like, "I don't even know what he looks like. And then he approaches me like, "Oh, it's the guy that's taking pictures of me the whole day.
0: No, I was texting you both. I was, te- I was like at the same time. Yeah. I was like, hey. I was, like, I was trying to play Cupid like across across yeah. the world.
1: You're help, you're help, you're help, you're helping us playing Tinder without the app. Yes, and yeah, the, app.
0: Basically. the quake Tinder, just text motherlode, it'll be okay. Yeah,
2: grinder. <sighs> yeah, basically. Basically, he told me right away uh, uh, before I even go to Luca. You have to meet with Nick. You have to uh, talk to him. You have to make interview with him, which wasn't possible according to my, like, what I was doing there. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad that we uh, kind of have this opportunity to uh, chat more. And, and you as
1: well. uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and as for me, man, thank you for having me on here. It's been a blast. Um, I'm glad. I'm very grateful for everything that's happening, like going to Italy and all that, and yeah. pretty much everything that's going on right now, and everything that is going to go on the next four, or three, or four months. Now will be exciting. So very excited to see what happens in the future, and hopefully I stay in the league enough to go to Texas because I am not paying a flight to Texas.
0: <laughs> well, we'll we'll be rooting for you, man, and hopefully we'll catch up with you again after you you know yeah. get through the next stage and everything. We'll see how it all goes, but
2: good yeah, fucking sure. job,
0: Mavericks! Great having you. Respect, man. Thank you. Hugs and kisses. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to hear more material like it, you can go over and visit quakefans.net forward slash network for links to our network of awesome podcasts similar to this one. Yeah, I know, right? Like it's like uh, it's it's weird pitching it, but you get the point. You can find links to more in the keep podcast. Go back through the catalog. There's a lot of really cool guests back there. You can listen to Duma's dead question mark podcast ran by human bones and do some of the multiplayer doom federation it's a really fucking cool one that we actually produce right here at the keep also you can check out the quake cast by dump truck and rc and sometimes jcr you can check out beyond strafe jumping by shazik which is fucking cool and also full tech and the retro 20 each of these ran by your very own Quakefans.net proprietor smango please go check these shows out i hope you enjoy them